This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Shecky Show. Hey folks, how you doing? It's the Tommy Smothers Show. Bet you didn't know we had those outtakes. Is it the Dry Mouth Tommy Smothers Show? It's Tommy and Dick Smothers. Now, mm-hmm. uh, in this day and age, that sounds like a whole other thing with you YouTube porn guys. The Smothers Brothers. Uh, what is that? Is How you, how you pay for that? Is, this a subscription? is that a subscription? Yeah, the Smothers Brothers. Okay. Didn't they produce uh, Girls Gone Wild? No. No, they did not. Didn't they produce uh, really great television back when it was cool to be liberal? Yeah. All right. Haven't you learned from our, their mistakes? Here we are. Welcome, 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 everyone, to episode number 25, 25 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals, Dave and Hecky. Oh. Have and Decky. Shave and Decky. Hideki Arabu. Oh, right. And El Duque. Ding, 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 ding. Someone's calling me. Hi, this is, uh... I believe it's the doctor. Calling Dr. Love. Everything, every device is ringing. I must be dying. They'll have to wait till tell me after the show. So, when did the uh, oh. cuckoo clock fall out of fashion? Uh, I don't know that it's fallen out of fashion, but I feel like people are not so into hearing a noise every 15 minutes. I'm pretty sure that the cuckoo clocks had something going on every 15 minutes. Was that an American invention or is that more no. like, uh, like a Dutch thing or something? That's like a old school German shit. Clocking the cuckoos. Or like Bul- Bulgaria or the something. The clocking the Bulvarian? Bavarian? Ah, the Bavarian Kuchens Klockens. Kuchens Klockens. That's a guess, by the way. Das um, Klocken. Not the great, even a uh, predecessor to Educated guess? Okay. All right. Well, I'm just thinking, you know. I, you know, I don't know why I'm you're just saying those sounds, they're like the, the cuckoo clock. You know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Might as well have fucking a fucking goddamn duck coming out of the wall hitting me on the head. Oh. Why all right. Let's know? start the show over again. This is going nowhere nope. fast. Nope. It's all part of the show. This week, uh, like I said, it is episode 25. This is our uh, Halloween show. This is the show you've been waiting for, the one where I promised you we'd have a Ouija board. (laughs) A Ouija board. I was on the board of uh, Ouija. All right. Well, that's good for you. Um, I have the Ouija board all set up here. 
There's the board, and here's the little piece that we will be moving around together. I feel like Ouija's uh, should be spelled differently. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, because, why? you know, who cannot pronounce Ouija? Zach Baggins. You betcha. Let's uh, let's give a listen. George Leger we're communicating with. I decide to amplify the energy from this Ouija board in hopes we clear our heads from this intense Ouija board session. So Zach Baggins cannot say Mercury. Mercury. And Zach Baggins cannot say Ouija. Ouija. Now. Nor can he say, I am not a sex, uh, I am not a unregistered sex offender. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hope he can say that. Um, so here, there's actually a website that tells you how to pronounce words. How do you pronounce squeegee man? Can you please stick to the topic? I'm just saying, Ouija and squeegee. Are spelled nothing alike. Exactly. So get away from my window, you weirdo. Okay. Ouija board. That's how you say it in the U.S. But in the U.K. Ouija board. So there you go. It's Ouija in the UK and Ouija in America and in Zach Baggins' head, it's a Ouija. Well, that's Ouija like, you way, know, a Ouija way. That's like thinking Sue is Swix. Yes. The Swix Indians. Suxy and the Banshees. Yes. She spelled it Susie, right? Susie. I'm not sure. I haven't, uh, I don't know. Oh, well, here we go. Off topic. Anyway, so this is our Halloween uh, edition. We have our Ouija board here that we will be uh, using. We also have air. Uh, we have an uh, EVP recorder. Let me just uh, turn it on real quick. I got an EVH recorder too. It's a Walkman. I'm going to turn it on real quick. All right. All right, that is now recording. So perhaps when we, uh, in between our segments, we'll do a little uh, Ouija board stuff and see what uh, happens. Are you ready? Yeah. This episode is Conspiracies, Unsolved Mysteries, and Deep Dark Secrets number two. And my first dark secret I got to tell you is... Oh. The masked man is a fag. Which uh, masked man is that? Oh, masked man. All masked Th- man. Thank you, masked man. It's a Lenny Bruce bit. Oh, I see. It's an uh, animated cartoon. Mm-hmm. Masked man. He comes to the town. They love him. Uh, then they try to thank him, and he's ungrateful. And then they call him an ass. And before you know it, masked man's a fag. Oh. Well, there you go. It's a message about, uh, you know, soci- it's, a ma- it's a society thing. How they want to build you up and break you down. Yep. Well, there masked you go. Masked man's a fag. Oh, all right. Oh, the masked man's a fag. Ah. Ah. The fag man. Ah. The dirty fag. You dang queer, you. The masked fag man. Ain't that a kick in the ass? All right. So, uh, you have your choice, as you did last time. Whether you want to hear the conspiracy, the unsolved mystery, or the deep dark secret first. Oh, Richard, oh, that's conspiracy. The conspiracy, all right. It's conspiracy. All right, please hold. 
The Mandela Effect. Oh, bejeebie. Yes. The man- <laughs> this is our show together. You are should be enjoying our show together. Shush. Talk about the Mandela Effect. Okay. I just I just want to I just want to remind you that this is our show together. Well, I'm just saying. You know, You're not the critic of the show. Is the Mandela Effect, uh-huh. or is it? I want the uh, little uh, Stephen Effect. Okay. I'm not going to play Sun City Effect. All right. The Mandela Effect has now been around long enough to see it hitting the mainstream. For anyone new to it, however, we're talking of the phenomenon where significant groups of people remember something for which there is little to no evidence available. Rather than accept their memory is faulty, these people claim the past has somehow changed for them. You can brush up more on it here, but right now it's time to explore in greater detail a few ideas regarding what could be behind this fascinating phenomenon. All right. Do you know what the fan, the Mandela effect is? Yeah. So this uh, young lady, Fiona Broom, popularized the name Mandela effect in 2010 after she met some people at Dragon Con who were sure that Nelson Mandela had died in the 80s. So this kind of, this is what uh, kind of snowballed into the modern day Mandela effect, even though uh, mass memory discrepancies have been around for a long time. All right. But because of the internet and social media, the more current stuff is uh, front and center all the time. So you're telling me that mm. the Mandela effect has nothing at all to do with putting tires around people and burning them? That is correct. Okay. Because I thought that had something to do with Mandela. That has nothing to do with this false memory or different memory uh, thing. Okay, because I remember history a little differently than some people. All right, what, what is it that you remember? I remember anyone who goes to a dragon con mm-hmm. should not be taken as evidence of uh, anything trending. All right. Well, I'm sorry okay. that your delusional dragon con produced your Mandela effect, which is just another example of humans... Having faulty memories. Our brains play tricks on us. Get up, boys. Thank you very much. So you, uh, oh, okay. So you never, ever thought Mandela was dead until he was pronounced dead recently in 2013, let's say. Why would I? Because apparently there were a lot of people that, in in their minds, uh, remember him dying in prison. Well, they would have liked that, wouldn't they? No, I don't think they would like it. I don't oh, think they were yes, hoping for it. that would have served that cause very well, wouldn't it? Right. Yes, self-serving causes. Perhaps a little bit of the ultra-nasty. All right. Well, here are some examples of the Mandela effect. Okay. Uh, of course, the, the most obvious one is Nelson Mandela. Another one, uh, a popular one people like to talk about, are the Berenstain Bears. I never heard of such a thing. It's called the Berenstain Bears, first of all. Anybody knows that the Jews. Baron Stain? That sounds dirty. They in fact were the Baron Stain Bears, not the Baron Steen Bears. You know, you not, are not, now, not in Paramus, New Jersey at the mall I went to. You are right? now part of there was, the you know, Mandela there was no, Effect community, Dave. Oh, I was what are you talking about? There's Weinsteins? <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm Tommy Weinstein. No. Around me it's Weinstein. All right. And at worst Weinstein. 
Go back to Germany, you goddamn Nazis. Nazi bears is what I call them. This is what happens when you find out you are, you have been affected by the Mandela effect. No, I never he took has time. Gone well, I've insane. Never, I've never taken time to uh, to think about something that would be spelled wrong. And when you have bear, that doesn't even make any sense. Why? First of all, uh-huh. what is Berenstain? That's the name of the people okay. who created the Berenstain Bears. Who the Bears. fuck created this? Why wouldn't Stan you spell it? Stan and Jan Berenstain, spelled S-T-A-I-N, created it. Are they from Germany? I don't know, Dave. It doesn't matter. They're literal bastards. You have been Mandela. No, I haven't. That's not the Ooh. same thing. You know what it, this is? Uh-huh. This is this is someone who has common sense just uh-huh. letting their brain be lazy. Okay. I never thought of I never went to a... What is that? I'm thinking it's like a Build-A-Bear store. Anyway, Forrest Gump never actually says life is like a box of chocolates. What does he say? Life was like a box of oh chocolates. Oh my God, that's not Mandela. That's just a, that's a one word slip. Snow White, the queen, never says mirror, mirror on the wall. What does she say? Magic mirror on the wall. Yeah. Okay. Oh. No, no, not, I'm just saying uh-huh. that's not uh-huh. Mandela. That's what this is. Is that's that's closer to the um, telephone game. Now, what movie did you say last? Telephone week? Uh, game. Hello. This is what no, happens is the information gets passed down no, and it changes wrong. along the line uh, and gets changed into fact. Everyone has seen Snow White, so that does not work. I have never seen it. Okay, well, you're a weirdo. But last week you did say that as part of your uh, ultra expensive NYU. College education, you watched a movie on the big screen and then spoke about it extensively. Yeah, what was that? You told me last week it was Wizard of Oz. I made that up. Okay, yeah, maybe he did. What about it? Did you make it up? No, I saw it. Okay, what is it? Son of a bitch. Do you remember that the scarecrow was wielding a gun throughout that movie? He had a pistol. Apparently the whole time. What do you mean he was wielding it? He was wielding a gun, a silver pistol, in The Wizard of Oz. Well, I never thought about that. No one ever talked about that. Well, you that. said you saw it on the big screen, which yes. is something I never did. We never uh, discussed that No one that ever aspect. said, he's the, why does the Wizard of, or why does the... Uh, s- no. I no said one. it was a scarecrow, right? Yes. Okay. No one ever talked about that. Well, that is to me, because that's a movie I think I've seen every year. Now, maybe it's because of the low resolution, because it's old school. I don't know. But maybe I'd... they uh, filtered that gun out. Nope, you know, they have not. They have not filtered it out. All right. What else you got? I would, I would I'll give you a oh. Mandela effect. The only one I can tell you. But no, you know, I don't agree. I don't believe in this theory. What don't you believe? I don't believe that it's a Mandela effect. First of all, I despise the name. I despise uh-huh. the origin of the name and the origin of the of where it came from. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't endorse Dragon Con. Okay. No one has asked you to endorse Dragon Con. If they do, I will let everyone know that Dave has been requested to endorse Dragon Con. Fuck Dragon Con. He has not, however. Who go? Been what asked. do you do with Dragon uh-huh. Con? What do you mean? It's like a you know a fantasy type of thing. Oh yeah, are you laughing? It's it's LARPing. Are you LARPing over there? Dragon Con. I have never been to a con uh, of any kind. 
I never been to a Dragon Con. Con is short for conference, just so you know. Oh, I'm mistaken. Oh, that's fine then. Okay. What did you think it was? Well, I thought it was a convention of evil dragons. You go well, there and you convention, get conned. conference, whatever. I'm a little guy. What do you mean? I'm not saying it's terrible. My jokes are horrible. And you should feel horrible. And you should do what? Okay. E.T. phone home. Yes, please. Never said that. He never phoned home. What happened? We all remember E.T. phone home. But the reality of it is he says E.T. home phone. <laughs> okay. Have right. you been mandela Maybe. Okay, see? I don't I, know. It's, it's a thing. It's a real thing that happens. Um, it's called uh, We Can't Trust Ourselves. So you just feel like we are faulty. It is our own fault. Mandela effect proves Kavanaugh's in- innocence. Well, that's not... See, no. <laughs> yes, because our brains are so faulty that we can convince ourselves that events occurred and then believe it to the extent that you could pass a lie detector test because in your head, you're not lying. No. That's the Mandela effect. Mandela... You call it the Kavanaugh-Clarence-Thomas effect. Mandela effect affects it, it means that there's a, a lot of people who remember something a certain way, not just one crazy, uh, you know, liberal a lot of professor. Mistaken. Not what a lot of motherfuckers mistaken. Is that what you think? You, you think Mandela effect can be explained by saying a lot of motherfuckers are mistaken? Yes, all right, that's uh, that's fine, that is fine. Uh, let me find something else. Was there ever a Jiffy peanut butter? No. All right. I don't recall Jiffy peanut butter. Jiffy popcorn, but not Jiffy peanut butter. That's true. C3PO. If I have to. What color is he? That's the tall, faggy one. Oh, that's a little round thing. Okay. R2-D2 is the small canister with the round uh, head. The English one. He's, uh, uh, I think he was gold, but he could be silver. That's my recollection. I'd say gold. Bronze gold. C-3PO was gold, except he had a silver leg. Okay, so... There's not. That's nothing. That's you. I never more. remembered that, and I'm someone who's watched that movie All right, well, a gazillion you, times. Yes, that's okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, here's one. The Volvo logo. Ooh, now that's something I'm familiar with. Yes. That and the Who logo. Did the Volvo logo change? Yes. Yes, it has changed. The Volvo, Volvo's been around since maybe the 1920s, so it's definitely changed. I've had several models of Volvo, and uh, there's been different ones. I don't know what you mean by the logo. You mean the lettering? This thing here, the circle. I don't know. I remember it being exactly uh, how they say it is. It's that's, it's the it's the male symbol. You know how there's male and female symbols. Yes, like the who thing. That's what I said. The who. Just the word the who. Yeah, they got the same symbol. I see. Uh, 
so I this one is not one that has affected me at all. I, so it I'm hasn't always, changed or it has changed? People remember it without the arrow. Uh, you're saying it's never had not the arrow. I'm saying it's never had not the arrow. People are remembering it, just the circle. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know about that. I could tell you, though, you can easily go online and determine it. Well, see, this is the thing about the Mandela thing is that, you know, prior to it being online, how did these how how did these people think that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 80s? There was not Internet then to, you know, confirm or deny. This is how they assumed he'd been in jail for so long and that he was so old that he must have died in jail. End of story. People assume they make the yes out of you and misa. Again, fucking faulty brain brain functions. We got the chops. We just don't got the brains. Here's one that you might be able to clear up. Bob Holness played the sax on Baker Street. <laughs> that guy doesn't even exist. <laughs> I don't know who he is. He said he was the present, uh, the presenter of the popular UK TV program Blockbusters. Look, this look is, at the picture of that guy. That, okay, he's not a sax player. No, but it's funny that uh, there's. This is clearly a UK Mandela effect. I don't even know who this guy is. So but you I, know the sax on Baker Street. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, some of the best goddamn sax there is. It's iconic. So. Let me find uh, a few other ones. Man, I know you know. There's got to be better ones. Come on, let's. Kick this in the high Mandela effect. Andrew Zimmerman. Wait, who's that again? Bizarre Foods. Ugh, okay. The problem is, his name is not Andrew Zimmerman. What is it? It's Andrew Zimmern. Okay. I say I don't think you watch a lot of the Travel Channel, but I would be surprised. I'm surprised that his name is not Andrew Zimmerman. I really thought it was. Zimmern? Zimmern. That's a terrible name. It's a name I've never even heard of before. Here's another. I got one. I think it's the Melda Marcos effect. Which one is that? Uh, Something to do with like a lot of shoes in your closet. Like a hell of a lot of shoes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus. So, the beginning of Let's Go Crazy. The Mandela effect is, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here to celebrate this thing called life. The truth of the matter is, it says, Dearly beloved, we are gathered here to get through this thing called life. All right. So, people hear what they want to hear. Uh, it's kind of like when you're uh, so used to seeing a group of letters together, you might see them together even when it doesn't say that. I see. Yes, there are some uh, things like that where things are purposely spelled wrong, but your mind still reads them properly. Yeah. Human brains are not reliable. And some of them are way unreliable. So, uh, Janis Joplin, the recollection is that she is plain. That, wait, she was what? Plain looking. Okay. But the truth of the matter is, is that she was... Helicopter looking. Quite pretty. Pretty? 
She was not pretty. That's insane. That's insanity. When she was at the height of her career, we saw pictures more like this. Okay. Hold on. She looks like Axel Rose. Here you go. Now she looks like the uh, my old bass player. Now she looks like the lead singer of uh, what's that band with the beak chick? Blind Lemon. Oh. So I think that's an interesting one. Ah, uh, that's not a Mandela. That's just. Uh, you think that's just. That's the difference of opinion. Difference of opinion. Okay. I think we've spent a lot. You know, okay. You know what? I saw one of the ugliest people ever just the other day. <laughs> All right. It was Maxine Waters. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Do you see that frown that she has on? She looks like one of those. Remember that? Uh, was it a Genesis or just a Phil Collins video? The puppets? Oh, that was. Yeah, I know what you're talking about with the Land uh, of Ma Confusion. The Ma Madonna and her belly button. Land of Confusion. That video. Mommy, I'm parched. That with Reagan and all those puppets. He wakes up from his dream and he says he's parched. All right. Well, uh, Maxine Waters looks like one of those puppets. Yeah. And if they had put a Maxine Waters puppet in that video, I'm sure they would now be labeled a racist. Almost as racist as the uh, mask I just saw on uh, online the other day. It was called... Uh, what the hell was it called? Big, big lips, big lips, big eye. Uh, well, if you saw it, you'd be outraged. I'm cutting that part out. Okay. So, okay, next one. So, no, no. Hi. Hi. Whoa. Hey, producer of the show, what's next? I would like you to wrap up your feelings about the Mandela effect. Well, I'd just like to say that... When using the Mandela effect, you need to use a lot of reverb and a small bit of compression. Mm -hmm. And make sure you don't put the chorus on there because that'll get rid of the uh, Mandela effect, which already has uh, doubled strings. So you do not believe... I'm, I'm more into the Mandelin effect oh, is what right. I'm talking about. Thank you for helping out. I do out. not believe in the Mandela effect. All right. I believe that our brains do not recollect. All right. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, before we go into the next segment, let's uh, let's listen back to see if we hear any EVPs while we were talking. Something, Marcus? Murphus? Well, that was interesting. Maybe uh, let me uh, turn this back on here. Maybe we'll catch a little something else as well. All right. Next we have uh, either Deep Dark Secrets or Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, deep Dark Secrets. Which one do you want to ruin next? What did you say? Deep Dark Secrets? Okay. <sighs> now, uh, the first time I did a Deep Dark Secret, I went to uh, crazydaysandnights.net. And this time... 
I'm doing the same thing. Oh, I'm going geez. back to that well. First time I did a deep dark secret, I went to the outhouse. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Did something mysterious. That's... House bunny. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, oh. wait, wait a minute. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Back. Just oh, doing, no, uh, I ready. just finished this whippet. Okay. You ever do whippets and your voice gets really low? Okay. Back in the mid-80s was peak child molesting time in Hollywood. There was no internet. There were very, very few mobile phones. Children came to the set where they were left alone by their parents. And for the next eight hours, they were subject to every kind of horrible thing you can imagine. Drugs were commonplace. They were used to try and get the kids to not be so hysterical when okay. being assaulted. Yes? The drugs? Uh-huh. What kind of drugs are we talking I, I am reading this as it was written. I'm just saying, drugs aren't all bad. When you're giving them to children well, so you yeah. can molest them, well, I, I think yeah, they yeah, are yeah, terrible. The molesting part's no good. Oh. But, you know, well, I remember being a kid, and if mm. I had all given me some drugs, I would have been quite happy, actually. Okay. Producers loved casting shows with kids and tweens. If someone pitched a show that involved a handful of tweens with a dozen tween extras per week, it would get a green light. Even if the show was going to suck and everyone knew it was going to suck, if you got the right pedo at a studio, he would say yes just to come for the casting and taping of the pilot. As sad as it is to say, there were a lot of parents who told their kids to go off with the nice man in the suit and do what he says. It was a sick, sick time. Taping of the pilot? Was that like uh, Roger in uh, I Dream a Genie? It was just past the mid-80s when a producer came up with the idea of a tween show that not only would feature a rotating cast of extras, but would make the studio a bunch of money because they would film quickly and not hire any adults. This sounds insane. Further, the faster they filmed, the more time they would have to molest all the kids that would be hanging around. Who writes this? From the first day, it was the worst place on earth if you were a kid. The studio where the show was filmed also had several other shows being filmed there, most of which featured lots of children. Executives would drive over to Hollywood right after lunch and would stay at the studio for several hours each day. (gasps) Wonder I'm up in this bitch. Anyway, on this particular show, there was a special guest star. A very special guest star. Paul Lind. Still not a tween, everyone knew who she was. Executives flocked to the studio that day to see her. She was first molested when she was five or six and had continued to be molested throughout her hit movies and also on a previous show. One of the stars of the show who has spent her life bouncing in and out of rehab because of what she saw and who was actually nominated for awards from the show described the atmosphere that day. Are you ready? I'm ready. A bunch of fucking pigs. I had just turned 12 or 13. I was the same age as the actress coming in, maybe a little older. We had been shooting for months, and I was old news. They knew I would do what they wanted, but they also, but they always wanted someone new. This was someone new and someone they all knew. They had it set up like a peep show almost. She had finished shooting that morning, and they brought her out on a stage. The stage was used most of the time for a game show that was taped there. That game show is still on today. I can't watch it knowing what happened to her there. They brought her out and the front four rows of this theater were filled with guys who were already rubbing themselves. 
The girl was wearing a bikini. The show took place around a beach so they could make these girls wear next to nothing. They had her walk around under the lights. The lights were focused on her and she couldn't really see out to the audience. She was squinting. It must have been blinding for her. They had her walk back and forth. Then they had her start dancing. All of these guys were doing what another star at that same studio got busted for. This went on for about 20 minutes. Then three of the guys took her to a different area of the studio. Did Sarah Silverman write this? The actress didn't see what happened, but about 45 minutes later, one of those three guys came running out and needed a set medic. That was Louis C.K. Apparently, they had inserted something inside the girl and things were bad. The medic came and the ambulance came. The parents of the girl were told some crap story. That crap story ended up killing the girl because the parents believed the executives. Two weeks later, the show finished shooting six episodes all at once, and then everyone was sent on their way forever. No one wanted the kids around or any witnesses to what had happened. Don Henley. No, that was the last time we did the show. It was a Don Henley. But Ron it, Henley. Okay. What I'm asking you is to name the child. Dana White. Dana White. <laughs> Dana Plato. No. Uh, movies. Movies. Hey, you're in movies, that's all. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, who is this kid? Who is this fucking kid, man? Little Heather O'Rourke from Poltergeist. Oh, Jesus Christ. She... They, oy, 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 oy. Apparently, she died of some sort of intestinal blockage, Ooh, which was the uh, original... That's not true. What? I thought that wasn't true. Or that is true. I'm telling you, this is what... This is the deep, deep dark secret revealed on the crazydaysandnights.net. So, Steven Spielberg is obviously a rapist. And uh, the reason that guy wanted to tie him up and rape him and his wife back about 15 years ago is tied into this story. So that's what I think. Well, there you go. There's a conspiracy for you. Take that and shove it up your conspiratory asses, you liberal fucks. Alrighty. Hey, hey, Hollywood, take a look at yourselves. You smell like shit. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I'm sure they do. Well, I'm just saying. You, you. You fools. You want to censor me and us? You suck. Mm. Go fuck yourself. So this was uh, the show apparently that they filmed six episodes of was a show called Rocky Road. This is the place where it all got started. This is the way it began. Rocky Road, and there, uh, there is one actress who was on that show who was nominated for awards. So, uh, let me find her. And by nominated for awards, you mean she had things put inside of her? No, but she's the girl who tells the story. 
She's the girl who says, I had just turned 12 or 13, and I was the same age as the actress coming in. Uh-huh. Uh, Is she the same age as Heather O'Rourke? At the time, yes. Is she still alive now? The, the little girl, yes, she is. <sighs> Let's get her and interrogate the shit out of her. Well, they don't. They don't uh, name her. They don't name names. Yeah, why would they? It's just, uh, just uh, the biggest story in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like I like to find the guy who writes blind items, tie him up, and pull out his pubic hairs. Well, I th- again, these. Uh, I assume it's a man, a gay man. I think there's a different like uh, interns and stuff working at this at this particular website. That's terrible. But. The, and it's run by George Soros. The part about... Oh, God, it's all tying together. The part where it said I had just turned 12 or 13, that's in quotation marks. So, uh, Devin Odessa is the one girl who uh, was uh, nominated for awards. And uh, Jeopardy, the game show that is still recorded in the same place. If you were... Baggins, you might call it the Geo Party. A Ouija Party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, In the jungle, the uh, mighty jungle. A Ouija board, a Ouija board. We should do that. I could probably do that. I have the skills and the technology, but not the will. So, what do you think about that? True, false, deep, uh, dark secret? I bet it's true. Yep. I feel like there's so much... Uh, now, I don't know uh, what's true about it, but I bet there's some truth to it. Now, I can't I guarantee that someone was squinting, unless, of course, it was Sarah Silverman and she's talking about her sister, because okay. that woman looks Sarah like an Silverman Asian person. Sarah Silverman is something I will, someone I will not speak of. She's Asian. Yes, so Sarah Silverman's sister... What is it, Laura? I don't know. Ask Louis. Louis who? Louis C.K. Did he masturbate in front of her? Apparently 20 times. Are you she, serious? She's okay with it. Well, well, apparently, I'm, I'm, quite frankly, I'm okay with it. Let me say, if, if you, Louis wants to come over here and masturbate, we just you know keep it outside, but that's fine. Listen, if someone masturbates in front of somebody twenty times, they're clearly okay with it. Yeah, I think she might have been finger blasting herself. Okay, I don't want it. You know what? That you know what? This just took a turn. This took a turn. Hey, that, you uh, finger blaster. That's disgusting. I don't want to think about Sarah Silverman's sister and Louis C.K. Let's just think about Sarah Silverman and Kevin Brennan for a second. But she was young. Yeah, so was he. No, I don't think he was as young. I think he was probably uh, at an age where he should have known better than to have sex and take away the virginity of a teenager. That's what I'm thinking about Kevin Brennan. But oh, he's not a bad guy. No, he's a total asshole, and I'm sure he Whoa, would. He take would a dish. I'm sure he'd be the first to admit he's no it. ugly Jay London. Hey, Jay London was a sweetheart of a man. Still is. Now, how about Joan London? She's a sweetheart of a man. Joan. She London. cares for her mom. A place for mom. Let me tell you something about Fuck Dad. Hey. Huh? Hey. Yeah. Joan London is someone who I would still like to see on news because I, uh, she's, there's something very soothing and appealing about Joan London. And, uh, she's no Susie Orman. Susie Orman is not a news person. She's, she's no a, Kim Commando. Okay. Kim Commando, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Dave is just yelling out names at this point. Hey, I'm a student of fucking radio. Yeah. 
Yeah. How many out there of you know who Barry Farber is? Why? Go uh, fuck yourselves. Today you seem like you're shouting. Uh, how many of you out oh, there okay. know about Jay Diamond? Jay Diamond. Who's Jay Diamond? That's what I'm talking about. Why do I think I know Jay Diamond? Because he was on ABC. Oh, okay. Uh, Dave's a big fan of the ABC talk show guys, including I Bob remember Grant. Joy Behar when she took over for Lynn Samuels, all right? So shove it up your ass. Who are you talking to? Those people out there, they know who they are. Yeah, but Lynn Samuels was terrible. She was so terrible, she fucking worked for Matt Drudge. All right, it's all a big conspiracy. She, no, she, okay, this is what happened with Lynn Samuels. She she had a crush on the Drudge. She had a mad crush on Drudge because we were listening to ABC at that time. Lynn Samuels. So her voice, oh my God, she had a voice that was not made for radio, but she was in love with Matt Drudge. Like, Look, like a weird, probably unrequited love, I would guess. Lynn Samuels was fucking so horrible, it was brilliant. Yeah. She was a train wreck on radio. She was... She was ridiculous. She was on ABC when everyone on ABC was right-wing conservative except no, her. No, Really? Kubi. Mm, I think this is even before Kubi. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Really? Mm-hmm. It was all the same time, Curtis and Kubi. Uh, I'm thinking Curtis had a show with his wife still at this point. No, because in 99, we were living in Englewood, and it was Curtis and Kuby, and no, they were no. advertising <clears throat> that uh, pill. I hear that. And Lynn Samuels was on. Really? Because she was on in the 80s. Oh, then maybe I'm fucking... I mean, she was on like 1988, 89, 90, around then. Okay. All right, then. Anyway, doesn't matter. She died of a heart attack. Rest in peace, you Broken commie heart. bastard. She died of a broken heart because of the unrequited love of Matt Drudge. There's another deep, dark secret. Holy cow. All right. Uh, hold on. Let's listen back to our... Let's listen back to our... Our recording device and see if we have any EVPs. Did you hear that one? Yeah, what was that? I don't want to tell you because you will say the wrong thing. Oh, I think it said Hagar. No. I think it said something like Dio. I think it said, I didn't mean to sever your jugular. Whoa. That's, we got a whole sentence EVP uh, there, class that, A. That took a whole fucking turn. Yep. It certainly did. It certainly did. All right. Let me uh, reset here. down the recording device all right um the ouija board here is uh while i was speaking before i didn't want to say anything to you but i felt like that little uh the little thing was moving on its own well, it definitely was it was vibrating though it wasn't moving across the thing it was just shaking uh, gently maybe it was because that we were saying it we were making fun of the name of it. Ouija. Ouija. Get, get your gun, Ned. All right. So now we have unsolved mysteries left. Mm-hmm. 
Are you ready for this unsolved mystery? I am. Because it might even be a solved mystery. To I'm be ready to solve it right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that you yourself can solve this mystery, but uh, we will uh, give it a go. Are you ready? Uh, yep. I love that band. Was that with uh, Kenji? That was Kenji and uh, Ira, who then later went on to play the drums for uh, Not A Surf. All right, there's one for you. All right. I'm popular. Okay, maybe you missed that one. Yeah. The Black Dahlia. Oh, here we go. Mm. All right. Elizabeth Short, The Black Dahlia. Oh, I'm familiar in this case. Elizabeth Short, known posthumously as the Black Dahlia, was an American woman who was found murdered in the Lemert Park neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. She was a tramp, see? Her case became highly publicized due to the graphic nature of the crime, which included her corpse having been mutilated and severed at the waist. That's not funny. (laughs) No. She was a tramp. The, mit, the bitch went to Hollywood chasing a dream and got caught up with the wrong folk. Okay, I know about the Black Dahlia. Okay, what do you what do you know about it, Grady? I'm telling you that she was killed by a producer. No. Yeah, the director of the film killed his motherfucker. What film was that? Oh, all the films. He was a bad, bad man. I will tell you that although everyone says that the Black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short, was a uh, had gone to Hollywood to become a star. She had never actually auditioned for anything. The Black Dahlia effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most likely. So uh, the truth of the matter is, is that Elizabeth Short uh, was murdered in a way that uh, all of the blood was taken out of her body prior to her being tossed. Uh, oh, okay. that's right. I forgot. It was the... Uh... It was the guy who used to work at the morgue. No, he uh, was, of course, cleared. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of disinformation out there. Uh, the guy who worked at the morgue. Morgan. I got a new show. It's called Morgue and Mindy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about this chick who works at a morgue mm-hmm. and gets in contact with aliens. Okay. Morgue and Mindy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's Mindy Kaling show. Morgue and Mindy. She's a mortician. It's called the Kalin family. Morticia. On the morning of January 15, 1947, Short's naked body was found severed in two pieces on a vacant lot on the west side of South Norton Avenue, <gasps> midway between Coliseum Street and West 39th Street. At the time, the neighborhood was largely undeveloped. Local resident Betty Bersinger discovered the body at approximately 10 a.m., while she was walking with her three-year-old daughter. Can you imagine your kids seeing that? Jesus. Well, that's no good. (laughs) Bersinger initially thought she had found a discarded store mannequin. When she realized it was a corpse, she rushed to a nearby house and telephoned the police. These days, I think you would take your phone out, take a hundred gazillion pictures. Uh, I can't imagine the fear when you realize that that's a person. Well, yesterday, two women were duct taped together, fully clothed, and they washed up on the shores of the Hudson River on the Upper West Side. Is that true? Yeah, just yesterday. Okay. That's true. 
Were they, they were fully clothed? Yep, and uh, no apparent trauma. Okay, so unsolve that motherfucking mystery. No apparent trauma. And the name is not Trump or Obama. Oh, okay. Uh, what was, were they, what age were they? Well, I don't know. I think they're in the 20s. Were they, was this some sort of gang-related incident? No, I don't, no one knows. It is still unraveling. That's crazy. I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about this. Yeah. Short's severely <clears throat> mutilated body was completely severed at the waist and drained entirely of blood, leaving its skin a pallid white. Medical examiners determined that she had been dead for around 10 hours prior to the discovery, leaving her time of death either sometime during the evening of January 14th or the early morning hours of January 15th. Okay. The body had obviously been washed by the killer. Short's face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears, creating an effect known as the Glasgow Smile. Oh, they got hair in the Edgar suite. <laughs> she had several cuts on her thigh and breasts where entire portions of th- flesh had been sliced away. The lower half of her body was positioned a foot away from the upper and her intestines had been tucked neatly beneath her buttocks. Oh, why wouldn't they be? The corpse had been posed with her hands over her head, her elbows bent at right angles and her legs spread apart. This is a crime of weirdness yes 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 uh there was a movie out in 1946 called the blue dahlia and uh that's why she got the the nickname as the black dahlia the newspapers ran to try and you know make this even more of a thing than it was just so you would keep buying papers sounds uh very familiar that's horrible if i made the movie we called uh the blue dahlia she needed the money so when you say she was a tramp, she was this, she was that, you are buying into... I'm buying into it, baby. I'm a liberal fool. You were buying into the reports that the those tabloid papers were putting out there to try and keep you uh, coming right. back. History has been stated, and I bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm an open thinker. They described her as an adventuress who prowled Hollywood Boulevard. Some people said she was... Uh, she was a, temp- a s- uh, bitch. Was a temptress, okay? A sex fiend. Some people said she was a lesbian. Yeah, lesbian temptress. So it was. Let's uh, give her a lobotomy. There was a lot of stuff out there that just it just was for you to so keep buying. What happened? Papers. Did get, has it been solved? Wait a second. There's more. Okay. So on January 21st, a person claiming to be her killer placed a phone call to the office of James Richardson, the editor of the Examiner. Oh my! This sounds like straight out of Batman. Congratulating Richardson on the newspaper's coverage of the case and stated he planned on eventually turning himself in, but not before allowing police to pursue him further. Additionally, the the caller told Richardson to expect some souvenirs of Beth Short in the mail. He referred to her as Beth Short. On uh, January 24th, a suspicious manila envelope was discovered by a U.S. Postal Service worker. The envelope had been addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers with individual words that had been cut and pasted from newspaper clippings. Additionally, a large message on the face of the envelope read, Here is Dahlia's belongings, letters to follow. In the envelope was her birth certificate, 
business cards, photographs. Well, whoa, 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 now, hold names on, written how, on. How did he get a hold of the birth certificate? Names written on pieces of paper and an address book with the name Mark Hansen embossed on the cover. The packet had been carefully cleaned with gasoline, similarly to Short's body, which led police to suspect the packet had been directly sent by the killer. Despite the efforts to clean the packet, several partial fingerprints were lifted from the envelope and sent to the Federal Bureau of Investigation for testing. However, the prints were compromised in transit and could not be properly analyzed. Mark Hansen, the owner of the address book, was a suspect immediately, but of course uh, he had alibis and he was not, uh, he, he was no longer a suspect. This is the this is where it gets weird. Oh, is this where it gets weird? Because it's already weird. Thank you very much. So there is... Uh, so if you... I don't know if you've ever seen photos of the crime scene, but it's awful. Okay. It's terrible. All right. There is a man out there, uh, Steve Hodell, who claims that his father, Dr. George Hill Hodell, Killed the Black Dahlia. Okay. Well, what did this guy do to Steve that he's so unloyal to his own father? Well, the truth of the matter is... Give me one second. No, loose lips sink ships, Steve. George Hill Hodel was absolutely a suspect back then. It's not like this guy Steve came out of nowhere. Okay. And um, he was a suspect and they had wiretapped his home. And at one point, the the grand jury had ordered a wiretapping of this guy's home, Mm -hmm. Hodel. And at one point on the wiretap, he said, even if I did kill her, they will never catch me. Talking about the Black Dahlia. Mm -hmm. So they did catch him saying something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of paperwork that the police haven't hasn't uh, shown yet. But uh Steve Hodell has gone and seen it. They've allowed him to see it because he is the son. How many books has he written? He's written two. Okay. I don't trust him. Wait a second. So in 2016, he wrote, Yesterday, I discovered a new taunting clue left by my father in his commission of the 1947 murder of former actress and aviatrix Jean French. So he believes his father not only killed the Black Dahlia, but also killed Jean French. He also thinks that his father did the Chicago lipstick murder. So let me just uh, talk to you real quick. The Chicago lipstick murder happened January 6, 1946. So almost an exact year before Black Dahlia. In the horrific kidnap murder of little Suzanne Degnan, D-E-G-N-A-N, The child was taken from her home and slain in the basement of a nearby apartment complex, which detectives determined was the murder room. A surgical procedure known as a hemocorpectomy was performed. That is where the body is bisected between the second and third lumbar vertebrae, and her bodies were then placed in sewers in the neighborhood. Six weeks after the crime, the victim's arms, posed and bent at the elbows, were discovered in a sewer one half mile away from the murder room. As indicated in the below Chicago Daily Tribune article, 
They had been posed and placed in a sewer just off Hollywood Street. Hollywood Street. So, the Black Dahlia murder, where she was bisected using the surgical procedure known as the hemocorporectomy, where she was bisected also between the second and third lumbar vertebrae. She was found with her arms bent at the elbows, right next to a street called Degnan Boulevard, D-E-G-N-A-N, the same name as the little girl from the year before, who was killed near Hollywood Boulevard or Street, whatever it was. Do you understand what's happening here? I do. Now, if these women had been black... We wouldn't even be talking about the story. Well, one was six and one was uh, 22. Exactly. So, But because the these uh, police officers, <clears throat> police uh, officers or police departments didn't share their information so readily, it wasn't so easy to do. The one, the little girl was in Chicago. <clears throat> Why don't they go back and get some DNA samples on these motherfuckers? I, I don't know that they, I don't know. I don't know. They can do it. So then... We've got the Jigsaw murder in May of 1967. Lucila Lalu was kidnapped from her place of business in Metropolitan Manila. Her body was surgically bisected by a skilled surgeon and her body's placed on a vacant lot in the Makati district of Manila, mm. adjacent to a street named Epifano de los Santos, immediately adjacent to a street named Zodiac. Oh my God. It's him. His stand-up career did go nowhere. It's not Barry Sobel. Oh. What I'm saying is that this guy, Steve Hodell, thinks his father was not just the Black Dahlia murderer. He thinks he murdered these other people and he might have also been the Zodiac killer. Yeah. Hodell, Modell, Holiday Inn. Mm Mm-hmm. If your girl starts acting up, then you take her friend. Mrs. Jean French was last seen having dinner with a dark-haired man with a mustache at the Piccadilly restaurant. Wait, the woman had a mustache? No, she was last that seen having like a dinner. Fresh Prince song. She was last seen having dinner with a dark-haired man with a mustache at the Piccadilly restaurant in West Los Angeles. Doesn't make him a bad person. In West Los Angeles. <laughs> It says West Lost. I'm reading it. It's West Los hey, Angeles. Hey, West Los Angeles. Okay, I'm cutting all that out. In West Los Angeles on February 10th, 1947, Mrs. French left her vehicle, a 1928 Ford Roadster, in the restaurant parking lot and left with the suspect at 2 a.m. in what a restaurant witness described as a 1937 black sedan. Just to let you know that this guy, uh, Steve Hodell's father... George Hill Hodel drove a 1937 Black Packard. What? The coroner estimated Mrs. French was slain at approximately 4 a.m. Her nude body was found posed in a vacant lot near the intersection of Indianapolis and Grand View. Written on her torso in red lipstick were the words, Fuck you, B.D. 
Killers taunt men to inform police and press he was the Black Dahlia Avenger and the same man who had slain Elizabeth Short just three weeks earlier. Just two weeks before the Jean French red lipstick murder, funeral services were held for Elizabeth Black Dahlia Short. The Short family decided to have her buried near one of her sister's home in Oakland, California. Below photos show the funeral held on January 25, 1947. The Oakland Tribune article reads, The victim was laid to rest in Oakland's Mountain View Cemetery. Got that? Mm-hmm. Mrs. Jean French, her body was placed on Mountain View Avenue. Okay. Do you see what's happening here? Perhaps. It's, it's, he's leaving these clues, these street named clues. Very specific. He's moving these bodies. He's killing them. So it's been years now. What happened? It's been years now, and... Uh, Somebody needs to go to George Hill's house and check his property. You Well, you know who did that, right? Steve Hodell. You know who did that? No. Mike the Plumber. Zach Baggins. Oh, someone other than him. Now we've trivialized the whole thing. Uh, according to LAPD Chief of Detectives, he says the Black Dahlia case was solved. He was a doctor who lived on Franklin Avenue in Hollywood. That is George Hill Hodell. So why is this guy saying his father did it when we already know that his father did it? Because it's never been, uh, there's no way to try the try. Well, in a very weird uh, occurrence that, uh, I don't know, these weird occurrences have been happening to our show ever since we started to uh, celebrate Halloween this October. And they've got Stranger and Stranger and the show just uh, cut off. And then we heard weird laughter and uh, we continued recording the show and that is gone. It's just uh, silent, even though I checked when we were recording to make sure we were recording and uh, imported it in and it's completely silent. Went back to the original recording and it's not even there. Just, just missing huge chunk. So, uh, yeah, Dave called out the ghosts, and they obliged us by fucking with the show. <laughs> so um, the show ends abruptly. Uh, I suggest you purchase Steve Hodell's book. I'm going to, because it seems really fascinating. The stuff about his father, um, he's absolutely the Black Dahlia killer, and most likely the killer of these other women as well. Um, we speak about it on the show, but his father moved to Manila, um, to the Philippines when they were about to press charges in 1950, um, against him for the Black Dahlia murders, but he left the country for decades. And that's why that woman who got murdered in 1967 makes sense because he was there in 1967. Whew. All right. And uh, it also probably fits the Zodiac timeline as well. Steve Hodell. I believe it's stevehodell.com. Definitely check that out. That is it for our last uh, Halloween episode. If you want to um, contact us, 
You can do so by um, finding us on Gab, Middle Age Cool Kids on gab.com. If you want to listen to old shows, uh, we have the, a link up to those on middleagecoolkids.com, or you can just go directly to daveandshecky.com. And if you want to leave us a message of some sort, uh, feel free to dial up 707-MAC-043. That is the new hotline we put up. Uh, if you want to sing a song, recite a poem, uh, say something bad, or plug uh plug whatever you want to plug you got a gig you got a book you got a movie deal congratulations and tell us about it and we will probably put it on the show all right uh what a weird ending dave doesn't even know this happened he's not even in the room he's off doing dave things all right i'll see you next time america goodbye